Mithron Yorodo reading to twist and shout makes me physically ill. It is a period of civil war beyond a galaxy far, far away. For thousands of years, the hosts of RuPalp's Podrace have not shut the fuck up about the funky little blue man. Welcome to the podcast within a podcast, Rogue Ones, for our Thrawn Tent special in preparation for the release of Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil. I am Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. And instead of a gender this week, um, my chis name is Erezi Claudia. Um, <laughs> You're so epic, Z-Claudia. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And my chis name is Stybla Jess. So it's La Jess. La Jess. Oh my God. You're so epic. Hello. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my chis name is Stybla Melvin. Uh, aka Lamelv, Lamelv, and Lajess. That's so powerful. Um, <laughs> Thrawn and, and Thras look out. It's Lajess yeah. and Lamelv. La <laughs> this is so powerful. Claudia is our Arlone. No, no, I I'm, that. I'm, I'm Zyinda. Oh yeah, Zyinda, my beloved. Hey, girly, what's up? Yeah, we just wanna uh, preface this that we are. We will not stand for the dead naming of Zayenda in this. Uh, yeah, so we, um, when you are hearing this, unless you are hearing this later in the week, um, we have already read Lesser Evil, a very cool thing that we've gotten to do, um, and now we can finally talk about it. However, we don't want to spoil it for you guys, so we're going to keep it spoiler-free here, and our next episode is going to be a full Lesser Evil situation. This is our aperitif, if you will. I will say the we'll say this. We do know that our dear, formerly known as Lakinda, um, was offered a place in the Arizi family at the end of the last book. Uh, so we will be calling her by her correct name, Zyinda, in this episode. Yeah, um, the artist formerly known as Lakinda Zyinda. There was no dead naming on this podcast. My wife! Um, my wife. Would we like to start with, what's our personal connection with Thrawn, our favorite appearance book, and who's a, what's our favorite uh, part of the Chiss Ascendi? Our favorite, our favorite Chiss in general. I read basically all of the Thrawn books within like a two week period, like in March of this year. What a wild experience! First of all, I read them out of order. I read um, Alliances first, and then Thrawn, and then Treason. So I didn't have any wait time oh, to see nah. where the fuck Eli was. Um, I was I actually enjoyed that. I think that's a really good way to enter learning about Thrawn when you have only had him in Rebels, um, just because, like, okay, there's a character you already know, there's there's Vader, and, like, that was an interesting dynamic. Um, but I didn't know anything about Eli until I was a book in, because um, I think there's, like, a one passing mention of him in Alliances. Um, and so I was like, everyone talks about this little cowboy man, and I've yet to see him. That was why. Anyways, so there's that. I have so many feelings about Thrawn. Um, he has such an interesting relationship between being 
part of a marginalized group within the empire, but also being the oppressor. And that is so funky fresh to me, like, just something to investigate. I'm holding him accountable for his actions. Like, that motherfucker's a war criminal. <laughs> I have some feelings about him that are not very positive, but overall, I find him a fascinating character. Uh, and especially in the Ascendancy books, because that's, you know, pre- <laughs> pre-fash era Thrawn um and uh, I don't know the Chiss Ascendancy I'm obsessed with you girl I'm obsessed uh specifically of course Simacro and his huge titties uh but also Zienda my beloved yeah so I also just read all the Thrawn books this year but I I did like get like coerced into it because I watched Rebels and then I saw like Mel making a bunch of um TikToks. This was like actually before like the podcast the level marketing scheme <laughs> working again. <laughs> Why am I the Thrawn sleeper agent? Yeah. But this was like even before our, our podcast uh did like Yeah, because we I- didn't we all of us, like, as a group of people, didn't really start talking until, I would say, around when Greater Good got released. Um, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Before, that was right before Bad Batch started. Yeah, so it was before Bad Batch. I started reading the first Thrawn book, I think, like, a little bit after Greater Good had been released. Because I know a bunch of people were like, oh, shit, new Thrawn. I was just like, I gotta fucking read this. And then I was like, oh, my God, like... I was like, Theron is actually such an interesting character, and I'm obsessed with you, Eli Vanto. And then, you know, I um, read uh, Alliances and Trees, and so I did read them in the correct order. <laughs> Although Alliances is actually my my least favorite, I'm sorry, it's because I'm not a Anakin like Stan. So, Same. like the fact there was so much Anakin in that book made me be like, I'm going to pass away. And I did re- like listen to the audiobook of that at like two times speed because I was just like, I can't sit through this. Um, but yeah, and then I sped, not, I didn't really speed run, but I did like get through like Chaos Rising and Greater Good, the Ascendancy books relatively quick. Thrawn, like I thought he was like kind of cool. Like I did also think he was like really fucked up in Rebels. So like getting into the books, I was just like, damn, this like feels like a whole different person, <laughs> which um, we all know it's because like, you know, in Rebels, it's what no Eli does to a motherfucker. But... And the IBS. And the IBS. So that's why he was behaving that way. That's, that's canon. And, you know, our bestie, Timmy Zahn, told me so. <laughs> Actually, like Eli was like my favorite thing from like the Thrawn stuff. So it did make me sad that he was, like, not there in alliances and then, like, only kind of there in, like, treason. In general, yeah, I found, like, Thrawn interesting because, like, the books really, like, give you more insight into, like, what this funky um, blue man is, like, thinking, like, blue man group member Thrawn. Um, (laughs) And then the ascendancy, like, dang, there's, like, a lot going on there, which at first I got really confused because there's all these, like, (laughs) <laughs> the chist naming system is very confusing <laughs> and there's all these like new characters but like it's it's a fun funky fresh time again like if you haven't read the book the Thrawn books I don't know why you're here listening to this but hey welcome I'm pushing the Thrawn books onto you uh and yeah, Samacro and his chitties is also very important to me. Thank you, Samacro. 
Your titty saved my life. <laughs> no. Damn, Nikki, your bobbies. Damn, Samacro, your bobbies. Damn, Sammy, your bobbies. Your chotties? I. Do <laughs> people, okay. Do, do we have to explain why we <laughs> joke about Okay, so basically, titties? first of all, this entire episode, I have to d- just quick make a dedication. The people on Shiz Twitter are, first of all, the backbone of Star Wars Twitter, in my opinion. They're they the really funniest, are. The consistently the most funniest people have some of the most uh, just intelligent, well-thought-out takes, um, and just some beautiful fan art. So thank you, Chiss Twitter. Chiss Twitter. Chiss Twitter is a wild time. They will, like, give you, like, the most, like, <laughs> in-depth, like, theory and just, like, wow, that's, like, really, like they were like really deep diving thinking about this that's like some good content and then the next second i'll see like the most horniest fucking tweet and i'm like oh the whiplash i experienced but it's fun thank you just twitter it's always a a fun time me scrolling through all your tweets i will say that because we we read lesser evil earlier because we had arcs um seeing people's theories of like what was happening we texted each other just back and forth for living like weeks. oh my god it's it's literally like i i see things and i'm like oh bestie i got something to tell you <laughs> um i know some people aren't far off this episode we i mean honestly this whole podcast we do it all for you just twitter like we, we you really yeah, do it just for you twitter, just, <laughs> just put a little dedication for you like um, if this was a book the the beginning dedication is just like for just twitter anyways uh just twitter made the joke about Samacro's chitties, chis titties. That is the explanation. Samacro is my favorite. Sorry if I didn't make that obvious. He's my favorite chis. <laughs> I've said before, I watched most of Rebels as it was coming out, and I started my canon run of books in I think around 2017. And that is when the first canon Thrawn book came out. I don't know if I read it until maybe end of 2017 or 2018 like I was around the rebels era of books I got through things through things pretty fast and I was reading the physical copies like from the library I had to go so I was a little slower than I am now um and I read it at the same time that I was reading like Catalyst and A New Dawn and a bunch of other stuff and I do remember reading it and like I being a changed person like I was like oh this is gonna be my entire personality <laughs> like I can find old tweets of mine of me like losing my fucking mind and also like that first book is the gayest one of Thrawn and Eli and I I I became a that was my Joker. It still is my Joker, but it I, I I became a fucking problem. And I don't know if I read Alliances when it came out. I I I eventually read it, whatever. And I was very I was very upset that Eli was not in it. But I actually I actually enjoyed Alliances. It was not my favorite, but I did enjoy it. Um, mostly because Padme is in it and Timmy Zahn. I really much like that. I really like the Padme books. I don't know if I how I don't know at what point I read them but um Timmy Zahn is one of the only male writers that I do trust with a girl boss um so it was great seeing her in like with different writers um and interact with Thrawn because Thrawn he surrounds himself with girl bosses he can he 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 can he can really appreciate a girl boss I read Thrawn Thrawn Treason when it came out so I did the wait of when am I gonna see Eli again and how are they going to how is he going to respond to seeing each other again and when I tell you 
my opinions on that book have evolved. Actually, you guys are part of the reason why. Because when it first came out, much like the ending of Rebels, when it first came out, I was like, I think I blacked out. Like, I was viscerally angry. <laughs> like, I was about to become a problem. I was a toxic person. Like, I, when, when he pulled the good day, Lieutenant Banto, I was like, this is homophobia. I was like, Timothy's on. How could you do this to me? I trusted you. Like, I, I, <laughs> you I were went, my brother. <laughs> literally, I, I went through something. And I also, like, I already had loved Arlani and, she had barely shown up before and I remember like I think I I think my judgment was very much clouded by this because I remember in that book being like I'm so bored by all of the like the the battles and stuff that um I I was waiting for those personal moments especially between Thrawn and Eli and I think that is very much the difference because in the first book it isn't first person and none of the rest of the books are um and so that it was like a ton of battles and whatever and then I was like oh Arlani's a girl boss I want to see more of her and then it was like so much shit going on now as I've rewatched Rebels as I'm reading the Chiss Ascendancy books whatever I'm like actually that was kind of a bop and like there was a lot of going on whatever but like I felt the same way when Rebels ended because I was like actually um why do we keep killing people for women's pain in Star Wars and like it's not just like, oh, we can't have anybody be happy, but like it's a weird and toxic message of like, oh, yeah, like people can have love, but only if they're dead or something like it's just weird and gross. Uh, I, I was like, it's not feminism. It's disgusting. Love. Like I, 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 I was in a toxic headspace. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I when the Chiss Ascendi books came out, I don't think I read them. As they came out, I know I was a little late to Greater Good, um, Chaos Rising. I, 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 I think I mainlined those after you guys did, um, but I had been in the shits of these books for quite some time, and um, I, and by then I had started reading the audiobooks, and so I was like becoming a Mark Thompson stan, all that kind of stuff, uh, and then I did read the Thrawn comic, and since then I have become quite a problem, um, and TikTok did make it worse, so. My journey with Canon Thrawn has been, it has been quite a journey, but this man means a lot to me and it's very concerning because I don't tend to be a person who likes villains or at least politically bad villains. Um, and this time around, I'm like, oh, this man means a lot to me personally and that's very concerning and I don't like it. Um... That being said, uh, what is my favorite Thrawn book? Uh, it's going to be the first Thrawn book, mostly because every time I read certain passages from it, it makes me feel crazy. It's gone up there as like what I, I say is like my favorite Star Wars book. And right now, I mean, I rotate of like what my favorite books of all time are. But like I put there's some stuff. There's some stuff that hits in there. Um, as far as favorite Chisisendi thing or person, I'm a Wutro stan. That girl... She's not in it enough. She really just, she's the icon. She's the moment. She is definitely in lesbianism with Aralani. Um, and she is my favorite person. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's my Thrawn journey. My, my Thrawny. <laughs> not your Thrawny. I would like to preface this episode by saying none of us have really read Legends. I think I am the person who is closest to 
to doing that. I read uh, yes, a, you're like your page of my glitches. page and a half of heir to the empire. This <laughs> is this is gonna be canon Thrawn only. So yes. sorry, sorry to y'all. Imagine. That being said, I do find it very interesting. I was looking at this today because I was I was looking for um fan fiction, and I was like, wait, is Aralani? Is she only in, in the canon stuff, or was she in Legends? She was in Legends, actually. Uh, she was in Outbound Flight. And so I just, I think about that a lot. I think about just, I know that there is such a a distinct image of Thrawn in Legends and then in canon. And there isn't a huge shift, I, I think, between those two things. There are, like, a few, like, major things. Uh, but other than that, I think Timmy has even said it. He's tried to make at least the Ascendancy books something that can pair with the the legends uh content but um. I, f- I think he said that obviously within the bounds of the canon storyline that has to be fit into he has tried his best so that the new stuff fits in with the old stuff like he he while a lot of people reading it may not consider them to be the same character he does consider them he as he's writing it he considers them to be the same character and so like especially books like outbound flight which after we met thras in lesser evil i very much want to go back and read he he's like that i wanted to fit in as much as possible obviously there's going to be some little plot things and whatever that aren't going to um but so I he I think he has tried his best to to keep it that way, which is very interesting, I guess. And it's a very specific thing for him because he's probably one of the only like legends authors who's still like playing with the same characters and with the same not universe, but same like group of people and everything. So it's 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 very interesting. It's gonna be really interesting as we enter because, you know, Ahsoka did decide to to name drop that gentleman. How, if at all, Timothy Zahn is going to be involved with seeing Thrawn in live action. Um I personally would like to see him involved. Um but I'm also like I just don't know how he's going to fit into this this larger narrative um and that frightens me i i i am not gonna lie to you though while the luke skywalker reveal it made me cry it made me scream i felt i had an out-of-body experience it was crazy the thrawn name drop i think i blacked out like (laughs) that one that one i was like i'm about to lose my motherfucking marbles like i did i screamed i jumped out of my chair like it was i think that one might have been better than luke skywalker i wish i had known thrawn when i like seen that because i was just like who no literally (laughs) literally okay so for context for me i the mandalorian was my gateway back into star wars um and specifically season two, like season one, I watched kind of casually. I was very confused about the timeline. I thought it was before the original trilogy. So I was like, what is happening here? Um, anyways, that's not the point. The point is, is I first of all, didn't even really know who Ahsoka was. So that episode, I was like, oh, like this fun little lady is like here fighting this other woman. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Her choreography is like really good. Like she's, she's really good. <laughs> she's really good. Really good. Um, and then she, she to that woman is like, where's Thrawn? And and I know that I knew that that was significant to someone. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll file that away for later. And then when I was reading the Thrawn books, I kept on waiting 
for that woman to be mentioned. I forgot her name, Elspeth, uh, Morgan Elspeth. Morgan, yeah. I was waiting for her to, like, get mentioned at literally all. Like, even as, like, a crew member on the Chimera, like, literally anything <laughs> and nothing. So I'm like, girl, <laughs> what's your deal? Where did you come from? <laughs> Quickly. What's all this, son? Like, I, I felt crazy because I think at that point, my partner Claire had not finished Rebels, whatever. So I'm like, I'm screaming. I'm like, I'm screaming, crying, throwing up, like <laughs> whatever. And everyone's shooting, partying, passing away. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, oh my god, I've connected the dots. Blah, blah, oh my god, blah, blah blah. And then I'm going online, and there's like the Seventh Fleet symbol on things, and I missed it. And I'm like, oh my god, like wait, what? The- Oh, yeah, the Seventh Fleet people noticed that the Seventh Fleet symbol is on the Holy the, shit. the droids in, in that episode the of what the Mandalorian. What the fuck? Who is... Hello? Yeah, the, the, I think that's how... I think... I don't know if it was in the... Pre- well, no, not wouldn't have been in the previous episode. I, I gotta think, go rewatch I think, Mando season two now that no, I've watched was, all was, the Star Wars content. Yeah, and that's why people were like, oh, my God, like, Thrawn and his little... um. His little what are the the robots the 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 droids that he like freaking, that he fights like, in droids in, I was <laughs> yeah he has the droids in his in his bedroom in on the Chimera it's literally those like he and he has with his little bumper sticker on them in the Mandalorian so I and people picked it up they were like Seventh Fleet insignia and then this random woman and then mentioning Thrawn like what's all this then. Damn, um, I really wish she was Karen Farrell. Like, I don't like Morgan Elspeth. I think she's an asshole. Karen but Farrell, like, girl. Damn, Karen Farrell would never do that. She got transferred and she said, actually, I'm going to do a desk job now. Fuck you guys. I will say, like, there are some episodes of The Clone Wars that do not pass the Bechdel test. And the Thrawn books pass the Bechdel test literally constantly. <laughs> like, what is that? Like, it's because Thrawn, you know what? He's, uh, he respects a girl boss, and we do love that. Um, Timothy Zahn is like a surprisingly good girl boss writer. He, is he writes the so many girl Jade. bosses. You know, yeah. You know, no, who no you know who else not. respects a girl boss? Maul. <laughs> this is not about Maul. <laughs> he, even was though... raised, he was raised in a matriarchal society, and then Thrawn was raised uh, amongst amongst girl bosses. It was See, like, okay, thank you, for, thank you for, thank you for, um, Showing more parallels with Thrawn and Maul because I uh, can push my Thrall agenda Thrall once again. Thrall agenda, baby! The, the blue red ship that like y'all are looking for, it's right there. It's Thrall. If they had <laughs> been able to meet, they would the have poly- kissed on the mouth. The polycule is Eli, Thrawn, and Maul. No, get, get Eli out of there. Eli, girl, uh, run. And Samagra. Samagra, you too. Samagra would run. fucking punch Maul in the face. Let's just attack the the blue man in the room, which is he is a war criminal. There are no Geneva conventions in Star Wars. There are the uh, Yavin conventions, and there are the Chisasendi does have some extremely strict rules on preemptive strikes. Um, not only preemptive strikes, but like they do not engage unless someone has engaged them first. Isolationist moment. Yeah. Well, they are literally called the Chis Expansionary Defense Fleet, but also in this is not really a spoiler. This is also just me being an idiot. I thought that was just what they called their military, but then they were like, oh, no, we have, they have, like, family planetary security, but then they also have, like, the military within the Chisisendi, which they called something else. I think which there's is the, just the defense fleet. Yeah, there's the, the CDF and then this, the C- EDF. DF, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So, could the, I, I, and... Oh, and is that why Jafosk is the is the guy who is like overall he's Bakif's boss and Bakif is like 
No, These are my are little they... my little friends who go. I out. thought it was more like Defosk was like uh, in charge of the defense fleet, whereas Bakif is in charge of the expansionary defense. Oh, sorry, they like could across be from each other. You yeah, know what? To I think me, they're I like both equal. It's just like one of them is like you know in charge of like the the inner ascendancy. Like wait, new ship protection. just dropped. No, Defosk and Bakif. Wait, what? De- Bafosk sounds like boss. Supreme, Supreme Admiral, Admiral Jafosk and then Supreme General. Bakif. That's what I'm saying. I think Bakif is is under him because he runs. Okay, why the... is Jafosk not on the fucking Dramatis persona? Yeah. Here are the military ranks. Supreme Admiral, Supreme General. Fleet Admiral, Senior General, so I guess, Admiral. Yeah, I He's guess. He's a Supreme Jaf- Admiral. Okay. So I guess Jafosk is like he the, deserves the head. A supreme admiral within the defense hierarchy council of the Chiss Ascendancy of the Chiss Ascendi. So the defense hierarchy council is basically like I think they are basically the equivalent of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Our our funky little guy, he is a war criminal, not just because he likes a preemptive strike or likes a I'm going to taunt them until they strike me and then I can legally strike them. Like when he's in the Empire, they do show that he's he is far less cruel than other, like, but it's only because of he wants to be more efficient. He's because I think his main, like, his main annoyance with his coworkers is like, you people are so busy being evil fuckers that you don't get your job done. You're so annoying. Like, he's like better than them, like, only because of that. So it's not great. Thrawn's whole thing is like, oh, like, I'm here with the Empire because the Grisk are gonna shit and fart all over my people. Um, Also, I got exiled, whatever, lol. Um, And then Palpatine's like, oh, you can work for us. Uh, And I think just like, it's not the lesser of two evils, the Empire. It is definitively the worst evil. Like, well, I, I think, and I think that's the, I like, I always like to show him as like a parallel to Anakin or whatever is like the flaw of people who think this way is that they think there is a, is a lesser evil or whatever when it's like, no, it's just a different flavor of bad. Like <laughs> this is just fascism. It's, it's bad. It's just in a different way. Oh, Thrawn, you silly little silly little gentleman yeah it also hurts a lot when he's like yeah fuck these rebels but then like in the ascendancy books he's like actually i do think that like people have worth and you're like so how did you get from a to b like yeah i i think honestly it's like his time in the empire like changes his changes he fell down that pipeline it's sad no not the all right pipeline thrawn because like he's like in this like precarious spot while he's in the ascendancy he's in a, a pretty good spot this is what i've always said too because like people are like oh like in in rebels like he is he's like a machiavellian villain which like is true he does some really whack shit but i can see the line of succession from him being in the ascendancy kind of being in this like strange position where he's like he doesn't it's not he doesn't understand the politics of it all so he's like okay like i know this will help so i'm gonna go fuck off he adjoins the empire and the empire is so easily to to shape him because it gives him a structure a clear structure to like work through and of course there are still politics that go over his head but he's like okay this is the clear point i have gone now to down the worst timeline the, I away. Think 
the other interesting part of the empire if so as you read the ascendancy books the like main thing is Thrawn is really great at the military but this this man cannot read a social cue is very bad at politics and all the time and they're like it is very clear this man is autistic first of all um they think it abundantly clear but they're like specifically he's very bad at politics um which in the ascendancy is a really big part not only because of families but because like the syndicure which is like congress has a very weird uh relationship with the military the empire though is in the the way that it contrasts to that is that the empire is almost like post what the the ascendancy is kind of what the republic was like during the clone wars um where the politics were a little all over the place love it was a lot the empire is post that and the reason that thrawn thrives is because the only politics are the interpersonal military politics which he's fine at like he it's not that he can't read personal social cues he can it's the like overall political picture um which is also why i guess he falls down the alt-right pipeline but like but it's it's more that like and this is also a part of the empire's downfall as well is that everyone is so out for themselves that the politics are very personal and in the ascendancy it's very family-based and for thrawn he's like he he thrives in the empire because it's very personal and he can like yeah i can see a to b that's very simple um and people are very easy to to manipulate and read and everyone's jockeying for something in the empire in a very kind of straightforward way almost and in the and in the in the ascendancy like not to say that there's like more altruism but there's a lot it's it's a collective more of a society of a collective and that doesn't always mesh with how his brain works. So, so it's, and it's, it's just a very, and also in the Empire, whatever, you don't, like, the politics is all run by the military. Like, the reason that he works with Price, she's a governor. She's not a military thing, but all of the governors are military officials. Like, she commands all of the military forces on there. So, like, there is, the reason he does so well is because there is no separation between the the po- the political and the military in the empire and i don't think he really like he i don't think he realized that until we get to treason and where he's like oh my goose is fucking got uh because the emperor is running it the whole time so it is kind of a a, a catch 22 for him um it's just really interesting because and 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 that's that is why there are often people trying to stop him in the ascendancy because they're like bestie like it's more than just you like do read the room it's not just about like you have to do whatever to to solve it like there are bigger problems it's also why i think he has a lot of respect for people like harrison doula ironically because he's like well they're you know they're like he has a lot of respect for them whatever he's like yeah i mean they their politics align with their actions and that's very straightforward and the people that annoy him that he doesn't understand in the ascendancy are in the empire are the people that like make his life a living hell there just like they were in the ascendancy um and that's why having eli along is so helpful because eli's the one's like hey buddy 
uh, politically, I don't think that's going to work so hot. Not to defend preemptive strikes because it's just sometimes it's like clearly obvious that some like for the ascendancy books, this is not about lesser evil. It's just kind of in the ascendancy books. It's clearly obvious that this thing's like going to happen. Maybe it's just because like, you know, POV characters fucking know. Thrawn definitely knows. And then like everyone else is just like, well, they technically haven't like done the thing they're gonna do to us yet, so we can't do anything back to them. So just like ascendancy, why are your rules so strict about them? Well, and this is also I'm trying not to get into spoilers as well, but I think that like you sort of figure out like, oh, their rules are so strict because like their politics are so complicated that they're like, yeah, if we were to like tip the scale one way by you know shooting first on something it would have a cascade of problems and that is kind of what happens so you kind of get it and there is a i and that's why i do love characters like thras and characters like arlani who intellectually keep up with thrawn um and think similarly to him but just with a different flavor they have a diff they're, they're also neurodivergent they just have a different uh they just have a different vibe Arlani, i like to say is a it's adhd autistic um <laughs> a solidarity where she's like she's like i i know a lot about many things um but it's a lot for me what's interesting there is that they can keep up with him and they can be like listen I get it. I've I've thought it through now. I'm behind you a little bit, but now I get it and I agree with you. But now we're going to need to find a legal explanation for this because you can't just like bop along. There's very much of a thing of like, I agree with you. There is proof of this. We could prove this. It just requires holding the syndicate's hand through that. I just realized Thrawn is very much like, um, uh, I, it's better to apologize than to ask permission. Thrawn just go out of his way to do fucking things. He's like, nah, I'll deal with the consequences of my actions later. And then later on, it's like, oh, the consequences of my actions are being dealt with, but not by me. Sorry to my friends. <laughs> so, sorry to everybody else, but uh, Aralani is going to have to clean up my mistakes again. Arlani and Bakif were just like, God damn it. Thalius is like, I'm tired of this grandpa. Thrawn's like, that's too damn bad. No, Patriarch Tharaki is just like, that's too damn bad. I do love the Ascendancy books, uh, Chaos Rising, Greater Good, and Consequences. Reading the Ascendancy books is like experiencing the Clone Wars again. And there's definitely a, there is definitely a feeling of like, I know what's going to happen at the end. Um... And I'm feeling sad about it. Um, it's also like the Clone Wars in the sense that they there's a lot of battles going on. Like a lot of these books is just describing what? these battles. And I'm just like, Timmy, I don't know what the freak these like, like terms you're using mean. Plasma They're like, girl, turn, what the, is that? turn the ship, yaw. Yeah. Like, yaw okay. the ship this way or something like that. I don't I'm like, okay i'm just like huh the funny part is that I'm like oh yeah it's about battle tactics whatever and i'm like i'm here for the gay people <laughs> and i think that's another thing is like a lot of people are like oh these are the military strategy books whatever and yet these are some of the most like emotionally complex 
Star Wars books. Not like there aren't other ones, to be fair. But, like, these are, like, they have some of the most interesting interpersonal relations. Some of the most, like, I think that's why I relate it to the Clone Wars a lot and the parallels to Anakin and whatever is, like, some of the most interesting, like, ways that we connect the wider sociopolitical stuff going on with, like, how, like, these people who deeply care about each other, even though they're on a fucking, like, their warship, and they're like, yeah, we're on a warship. Oh, has the child had her, had her a juice pouch today and you're like i have whiplash like you were just talking about like getting hostages and now you're talking about giving cheese triangle squares to an 11 year old like these books are crazy get your facts right fine i'm sorry meat just uh what is it fruit with meat stripes i think that's why these books make people feel crazy because it's like it's not what you expect you're like oh yeah there's all this intrigue whatever and then like I mean, I was doing this today when I was reading Lesser Evil. Like, oh, yeah, oh, we're in a we're in a battle. There's things happening, whatever. And then, like, next scene, I'm about to fucking sob. Like, oh, I'm crying over the fucking Blue Man Group. I hate this. Not the fucking Springhawk being the touring Blue Man Group. The Springhawk is the fucking <laughs> Blue Man Group. Emotionally, the stuff with Thrawn is like, I think that's also why it means a lot to me personally. Because <laughs> um, there's a lot with his background of like, yeah, I really struggled and I didn't have any friends because like, you know, everybody he's like, everybody was mean to me. And uh, I, I just want to look at art. And uh, now there's like an entire syndics who want to end my whole motherfucking career and all these like people who kind of are like oh this guy's kind of sad i guess i have to be a sibling now <laughs> like it just <laughs> happening like um it all starts off where it's like man i fucking hate thron and then they're like actually i don't hate thron you're like you know I, what he's he's just kind of uh socially inept and i gotta i gotta help him there's all these like really like emotionally like crazy moments of like aralani being like yeah like i'm always gonna be there for you it's like whatever and he and i'm throwing being like oh nobody's really been there for me before like thank you and it it's extra sad because then like you know that later on he's like in the empire alone i shouldn't feel bad for this man he's bad but also i'm sad i hate this i mean and again it's it's like watching the clone wars and being like oh i don't like anakin but oh i'm sad about all the people around him oh no and like oh the stuff with vader is really sad but i don't like vader he's a bitch but i like thrawn fuck (laughs) so it's a problem that is that is the crux of the thing, the, the issue, isn't it? All right, so we have some Q and A's, Mel. Would you like to about our our funky little blue man? Yeah, let's get into it. Ash, um, Ash of Clan Ren on Twitter did ask us: Are there any chips with chitties bigger than some macros? Or his biggest, the biggest in the ascendancy? His are biggest in the ascendancy? Yeah, the stalmer. I would argue the stalmer. No, no, the stalmer does not have big chitties. What are you talking about? Black Pro does not. Black Pro has chitties. He might have chitties, but they're not big Mm. as the macros. I know. So macro, just everyone in the ascendancy knows the macro has the biggest chitties. (laughs) 
that's why the oofs are so happy that he's like part of their family because they're just like we have <laughs> the, the the dude with the biggest chitties what do you all have I nothing people. i love the family politics of bra size um <laughs> that's why samacro hates family politics because like the oofsa only care about his big chitties and he's just like i don't give a fuck <laughs> i like the idea of samacro wearing a shirt where it's like it's a, like an arrow pointing up at his face and it's like, my eyes are up here i think that's really i funny. hate you people anyways next question uh from claire at quirky kenobi on twitter what would thrawn's favorite fan fiction trope be and why so i feel like we've kind of talked about this in the podcast previously i think um there was only one bed is the I was gonna... is, the, is the go-to <laughs> really because and this is why I would say that as we know in greater good chis tend to not be in the same room until marriage so the no. idea of like a like it's just like a romantic idea of like oh there was only one bed well this so then this is the question then you really have to start with why, if he were to read fan fiction, why? Does he read it because he wants smut? Does he read it because there's a specific thing that he likes that he wants to know more about? Does he read it because, like, he thinks that the writing is interesting? Because that changes the answer quite a lot. I like the idea of him finding out about AO3 because, like, in the fucking Chimera fucking staff lounge, whatever the fuck no. it would be, Someone is talking about it, and he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, fan fiction. And they explain it to him, and he's like, oh. And so during his free time, he just is like, he, <laughs> okay. he has like a scientific okay. interest. I do think that he reads fan fiction as though it were fiction. Like he has, like he is reading like Yu-Gi-Oh! He's a, he's a connoisseur. He's reading Yu-Gi-Oh! fan fiction, having never seen an episode. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, he's just like, that, yeah, like. That's what He's you like, do, right? And one like, can learn no, a lot about a culture from their fanfic. <laughs> exactly. Another question from uh, Quirky Kenobi, Claire. Who would your chess bestie, or as we like to call them, chesty, be? <laughs> you fucking every time I hear chesty. Yeah, Sammy. Actually, no. I'm. I don't know. I don't actually think that Sammy and I would be besties. I want to be besties with Samacro, but I. I don't think we would. Um, maybe Wutro, actually. She's a petty bitch who lives for drama, and I do love that. She's like, okay, so what's the tea? Like, I... I feel like we could have, like, a good time. We go out to lunch and then just, like, gossip. I was going to say Thalius, and then I was like, ooh, what about Vanya? But then I was like, no, me and Wutro, we we are petty bitches who live for drama. So I think it would be Wutro. <laughs> I also would probably say Wutro, but I think additionally, I think that um, Zienda and I would have an enemies to besties arc uh, because that's oh my god, not I... enemies to lovers. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But, um, enemies to besties to lovers. There we go. Exactly as it, as God intended. I just think that Zienda, like, is very. She has she has goals, and I respect that, and I love her for it, and I'm happy that she is made the career choice the career jump that's gonna work for her and i think that can be the basis of a beautiful friendship you are not in the orizi family with her to be fair i am not i am so um well fuck me i guess anyway it's okay because me and mel 
we're in the style of him and we're more epic. We already kind of talked about what tactical insights would Thrawn learn from reading AO3. Well, wait, but actually that is a different question. So there's what would his favorite trope be or like kind of fan fiction or whatever, but what could he glean from reading AO3? Like... He learned everything about you just by the way you oh, read fan fiction. Like, I, the way that he could be like, I think he could also look at somebody and know what kind of fan fiction that they read. I like the idea of Mithron Yoroto figuring out who wrote My Immortal simply <gasps> by reading it alone. Hi, my name is Chibony Darkness Repertory <laughs> Raven Way. No. Myth, Myth Ebony and Dark. No, why is it myth? I can't with that. Wait, <laughs> anyway, uh, who, would, who would be Draco Malfoy in this situation? Okay, the idea, the idea of Thrawn being like, someone has written fan fiction about me, and Arlani being like, girl, I don't want to hear about that. That's crazy. No, but, Anyways, I mean, that's how no, he fi- Thrawn that's how discovering he- real people fanfic about himself. No! This is okay. This is another question. If people were to, because Thrawn like hits the news all the time. If people were to write RPF about him, who do you think that they would write RPF about him with? Well, while um, he's in the ascendancy, in Vanto. Or, while yeah. he's in the ascendancy, like because he like oh in the ascendancy, Samacro, they could write like Arlani and Thron. TikTok user Taika Waititi asks, "Who would we send to the Chiss ascendancy from the Empire or like from?" Um, I think any Buster Star Wars Space? character we would send to the Chiss ascendancy who isn't currently there. Well. Why? Yeah, that would cause so much chaos. I do kind of love that. Because it'd just be chaotic. No, I'm just kidding. Not Maul. <laughs> Even though Thrall for life, everyone. No, I um, think that's kind of powerful. No, I think I'd send Din Djarin. I think <laughs> Din Djarin and the Chiss would all have a, a fun, funky, fresh time. Din, Din would be like, are you a Jedi? And Cheery would be like, I am... I'm eight years old. <laughs> uh, no, Din and Cheery are the, the, the same age. They become besties. Din would probably so he'd probably be able to like learn Chiyun like very easily. He probably knows some other like of the trade languages. The idea of Do you Din think Din knows Cybisti? What if we predict that correctly and then, like, it in in fucking in the show I like- or whatever? Because they we, there has been this theory from the Boba Fett trailer that Din is being used as the translator. What if Din also knows Cybisti? Get Din out of his Google Translate era. Leave him be. A- <laughs> um, fuck AU. <laughs> Din is just is Eli Vanto now. <laughs> Not Din and Eli Vanto parallels. Get out. So I think Omega would be very epic uh, to send to the Chiss Ascendancy. I think she's just... Or Boba. <laughs> well, okay. So the thing about Boba is that, like, what age Boba? Because, like, 13-year-old Boba? Fuck no! Get that child away from the Chiss Ascendancy! He does not need that... He's in a weird headspace. He does not need that. But, like, adult Sm- Boba? Yeah. Oh, small Omega, though. Baby would. Mega, baby Mega, Mega and they become they best friends with Cheery. Exactly. Welcome, welcome. Um, but another one, another thought I had was Imri Cantaros. <laughs> I love the idea. Imri Cantaros is a delightful little boy. Um, I love the idea of him being like, uh, "Can I have a Capri Sun?" 
<laughs> space I feel like he'd be so overwhelmed. There's like some of the like chiz have such negative like vibes. <laughs> yeah, he goes, vibes. He goes near that like, goes near fucking Turfy and he's like, oh my god, get away from you or so talking. Like the vibes are fucking rancid near this motherfucker. <laughs> that being said, also, um, I just I don't know. Imri Kantaros, get get your ass to the Chiz Ascendancy quickly. And finally, TikTok user Taika Waititi asks, Thurstalmu, ship it or shit it? Ship it. Ship it. Like, it's practically canon. Like, like, did y'all see that, like, tension between them in greater good? Like, it was a little... (laughs) I mean, I think it's been there since fucking Chaos Rising. Yeah, I I mean... Timothy Zahn, he can do two things. He can write a girl boss, and he can queer code the fuck out of something by accident. Like, <laughs> Truly, truly. Like, so at true first it was like, oh, they're like, they're like two kind of petty, petty guesties. And then it was like, mm, this is getting a little, I'm getting a little fruity. Um, what is this? <laughs> yeah, the way when Ollie first like brought it to my attention. And then after that, I could not unseen. I was just like, oh my God. Oh my god. Oh, here, wait, here's my new personal headcanon. Because they're Reezy and Myth, and they are, like, they're, like, technically, like, enemies or whatever. Like, politically, it would be very weird for them to be associating with each other. So everybody in the syndicate does think they're fucking instead. So, like, when they, like, go have their little meetings or whatever, and they're like, oh, those two are hooking up again. They're like, oh, my God, did you guys hear about their stall move? Like, they, pe- like people, oh, my God, that's the RPF that people write. <laughs> it's like those fucking, <laughs> it's like those fucking, um, like, Danish politicians that people make <gasps> no! fan cap- cams of. Get out! Who's making the freaking fan cams of their, their stall move and the Chiss Ascendancy? Wait, but that's no. What's that little farmer girl's name from like Greater Good? (laughs) She does feel like I feel like she would listen to BTS. Lakshmi. Yes. Or she? Yeah. Her wife. Frick, one of them. But you know the daughter. She she's making them. She's popular on TikTok and she makes their stomu edits. But no, but like everybody's like. Yeah, like, I don't know why, like, they get together. Like, the only reason in a reason in a myth would be, like, associating is because they're definitely fucking. And, like, nobody would believe them if they were, like, yeah, actually, we are, like, politically talking to each other. And, and they, so they're, like, oh, like, oh, my God. You know, it's, like, a, it's, like, a fake dating AU. Like, <laughs> like, where they're, like, oh, like, we have to pretend that we're fucking as our cover. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Red, white, and royal blue. No. <laughs> Not red, white, and royal blue. They're stall Please. Romeo and Juliet wishes they had what <laughs> their stall has. Here's a wrong. Okay, their stall is more of a uh, Mercutio and uh, what's oh, his yeah, name? Oh yeah, yeah. Tybalt. Tybalt situation. That's what they are. Um, definitely yeah that's the vibe yeah like where they're like they're the queers in the background and we're definitely fucking even though starfine is fucking hateful (laughs) i I, it's also they're also just very interesting characters and that they're like they're like no i'm doing this for like the good of other people even though you're like i do i do also respect therfian and his mean queenness to be like oh this teenager thrawn Fuck him. I'm gonna end this motherfucker's whole career he, like, for the next went, 15 years. He he met Thrawn 
like as a fucking like young cadet when they're about to like ad adopt him into the fucking myth family and he took one look at Thrawn and was just like mm -mm, fuck this kid in particular he's like I'm gonna base my entire career on fucking this man over I was like damn the vibe check he's just like um no offense patriarch Thraki but what the fuck why do you want us to take this kid in? It's that's a lot, but yeah, um, Thurstalmu absolutely one hundred percent OTP. Like, that's a myth. The context is there. Like, if you look at the the context clues, look at the text. Well, I bet, like, I bet there's like all kinds of like you know hollow dramas and stuff like that that are about like oh like you know opposing family like uh you know romances and whatever, and so it's like a very common trope. So like I bet like in the tabloids if they're seen together, there's like a thing of like oh my god like the march of silence. That's what the place is called. Like, Sorry, seen in the march of silence, Syndic Thurfian and Syndic Zistalmu. Um. Is it a, is it a, is it a, 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 I'm so sorry for the sentence that I'm about to utter. Oh, Christ. <laughs> a Chomeo and Juliet. A Chomeo and Not Chomeo and Juliet. <laughs> Juliet. I like, I like, I can't wait for, I can't wait for the next, I can't wait for the next uh, Star Wars movie, which is that. It's just Nomeo and Juliet. They're going to re-release it, except for they're blue. We're going to move on to a segment that we started actually uh, last uh, episode, uh, which we don't actually have a, quite a formal name for. Um, Undercover Boss. Undercover <laughs> Star Wars Career Fair. Yeah, Star Wars Career Fair. Um, basically, what do we think uh, some Chiss would be up to if they were not part of the uh, Chiss Expansionary Defense Fleet? Like, in-universe? Uh, no. Like, just, like, here in, in the real world. Oh, lord. Yeah, so I can go first. Um, I'm bringing Samacro. I think that Samacro would be a middle manager at a sunglasses hut. Please, God, that's so <laughs> fucking cursed. Why? I just, he has the vibe of a guy who he's working at a, uh, a derelict chain like mall where all the other stores are closing except for the sunglasses hut. And he's like, damn it. This is my job. I've had this job for 15 years. Thrawn comes in as like a fixer type, steals his fucking job from me. And he's like, fuck this. Fuck this guy. I'm going to go work for Anne's fucking pretzels if they don't fucking get their shit together. And then he's like, wait, wait. Thrawn's actually kind of cool. Maybe we can be friends. Or can we? And then Thrawn fucking leaves and he's like, god damn it. That's actually, that's very powerful. That's, yeah, that is that's very powerful. Very powerful. <laughs> damn. Mine's Aralani. She is a girl boss. I, it depends on how one-to-one -one we want to go with this. I definitely think she would be starting some sort of um, CEO company. I definitely think she would be like the CEO of Thinks or something. Like, and she would be like in a lot of business mat. She would be like 30 under 30 media luminary. Our Admiral Aralani. <laughs> um... I definitely think she would be like she would be the author of Lean In. Um, what's the woman from Facebook? What's her I, name? Bestie, bold of Who's you to assume author I of can Lean name In? a single girl boss. What the fuck is her name? 
So I I am in a similar headspace to you. I do believe that Arlani is a girl boss in her career, regardless of what it is. I, however, do think she's in a more like Hallmark, like vague marketing <laughs> position. Oh, like what does that mean? Who is to say? Who's to say? But she is in marketing That's, and she is hmm. thriving. Or or to be fair, she also has the vibe of the company that has done a shit wrong is kind of going off the rails. Then they bring in a female CEO and who has to fix it all. She glass cliff Admiral Harlami. <laughs> okay, the idea of Thrawn being the CEO, he <gasps> he gets he gets canceled. He gets canceled. AKA exiled. I love how the Chiss cancel people. They, they, they don't just like Not say cancel some- cancel culture. Not cancel. Okay, that has to be the name of the episode. Chancel culture. <laughs> but it's like C-H apostrophe. Um, cancel culture. Um, uh, yeah, they don't just like say some hollow words on Twitter and say, oh, I'm not going to go see your movie. They say, we're putting you into exile, you dumb bitch. Yeah, uh, so my person is Thurfian. I know it's weird for me to be discussing Thurfian because I do fucking hate that gentleman in particular. I do think Thurfian would be like the superintendent of like a school, <laughs> like a school district, or maybe even Not like the principal Thurfian. No, or like even like, um, for. You know, for like a university, like the the president of the university, Not something university like that. University dean Thurfian. Yeah, <laughs> that motherfucker is a dean. He is not a principal. He's a dean. Where it's like, fuck you. What is your actual job, sir? Quickly. Yeah, that fucker. He's like there. If he's like in a university setting, you know, he's like super high up there. I know, like I don't know how like the higher ups in like higher education work too, but like, like a he's provost. Like, yeah, so, or something where, like, no matter what he does, you know, like, it's so hard to remove that fucker from, like, his position. And it's just like, fuck you. <laughs> I hate you so much. And he never, like, does anything that, like, actually, like, help you. You go and you're like, oh, I'm having, like, problems with, like, this other, like, teacher or professor or anything. And then it's just like, okay, I've heard you. And they're like, okay, are you going to do something about it? And he's like, I, I heard you. <laughs> Not thoughts and prayers, Thurfian. <laughs> He's like, oh, there's this one student who I would like to end his entire career. That's why I, I think he's like a dean. Like, he's just like targeting one specific student. Yeah. Like, Thrawn is out of class for like two minutes and he's like, why are you not in class? Where is your hall pass? And he's like, why are you Bitch. running? <laughs> what do we think Thrawn does? Uh, this is verging very quickly into BBC Sherlock territory. He, not Thrawn being an like private I, investigator. I will, I will say this because Thrawn is is a Sherlock fan fiction. Someone did say that that does make Vader Lestrade, and that's very funny. <laughs> we can't keep doing this. Does that make Thrash Mycroft? Yes. <gasps> I I was gonna say Arlani would be Mycroft, but Thrash being Mycroft is also very powerful. Uh, anyway, I think, uh, Thrawn. It would be very um, epic of him to be, like, some, like, art historian. I don't know. Thrawn as, like, a writer talking about different pieces of art throughout history. Thrawn as an art restorator with, like, an art restoration YouTube channel. He does it just because he's like, oh, look at this. Isn't that fun? And then he goes viral. No, I have something worse. 
because Thrawn, we do love him and he is an art appreciator, but he is also evil. <sighs> you know what YouTube channel he would be? Mr. Beast? <laughs> no, no, not Mr. Beast. Um, he would be CinemaSense. Um, <laughs> not CinemaSense Thrawn! He Thrawn ruins the entire way we criticize and look at movies. Not Thrawn being like, look at this stupid jump cut in Star Wars. <laughs> the star swipe is so dumb. Girl. Actually, no. POV Thrawn is the honest trailers guy. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to be like, oh, Thrawn is part of Bon Appetit. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, don't do that to me. I can't go through another heartbreak. But I was also like, he is also evil and he does like art. So like POV Thrawn does invent NFTs. <laughs> I was going to be like, is Thrawn an NFT collector? Discuss. I think Thrawn would be one of those people who's like, I mean, I can explain, I explain NFTs to you, but I think they're stupid. Or he would be like, logically, like, why would you bother with this? Meanwhile, Anakin collects them. Like, Anakin <laughs> does collect NFTs. Like Elijah would. I like the idea of Thrawn talking to like Eli about NFTs and it's like, yes, like I have, I don't know how NFTs work. I have purchased one or whatever the fuck. And Eli's like, oh damn, that's crazy. I right clicked and saved the image. So I got that for free. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, Briarly Ronan buys NFTs and then Thrawn is just like, you know, you could just like save the image, right? And, and Ronan's like, um, you don't understand? It's on the Ethereum blockchain. Um. <laughs> you fucking would. You've just said a series of words that mean nothing to me. I think I've seen this film before. And I didn't have the ending. That was, uh, Exile. <laughs> featuring Bona Iver. With Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I hate you. It's time for Is It Legends? Or did I just make it up? Chiss edition. The Chiss Poacher backpack was a type of backpack available in the galaxy during the Galactic Civil War, sometime after the Battle of Yavin. During this time, they were in use by a group of Chiss Poachers in the Ati with three Ys, hunting grounds on the planet of Kashyyyk. A spacer and hunter in the Rodian hunting party within Ati was awarded one of these packs by fellow party member Kent Zam after they both successfully cleared the Rocka Glade of Chiss poachers and killed the ferocious Korra beast within. Is it Legends? Did I just make it up? So why the fuck are there Chiss just chilling? So, okay. So the question is, do Chiss back poaching backpacks exist? Choaching bass? Yeah. <laughs> Poacher chack packs. Not chack packs. This is so convoluted, but like there were so many details where I was like, why the fuck is there a chiss anywhere near Kashyyyk? I think that y- this is Legends. That sounds like stupid and convoluted enough where I'm just, I think that's Legends. <laughs> You are both correct. It is Legends. The Chiss Poacher Backpack was an item available in the 2003 video game Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided uh, that was added as part of the Rage of the Wookiees expansion released in 2005. The backpack was noted as being very challenging to obtain and requiring the player to bio-link it to themselves, prohibiting it from being worn by any other player, and it could hold up to 50 items like any standard backpack in the game. Does it explain why there are Chiss here? No, it does not. It really does not. What the fuck? 
Here's our next one. Triss was a chiss female and a librarian of the Encrikini family on Chila. She helped Luke Skywalker and his expedition search through the Expeditionary Library to help find clues to the location of Zonama Secret. I don't know how to say anything in Legends, so... Is it Legends? Did I make it up? So you... Hmm. Is this Luke with two U's or just Luke? It's regular Luke. Regular it's, Luke. It's not big Luke. Yeah, it's thank you Luke for specifying which, which Luke... <laughs> I think you made this up. I think simply because... Triss the Chiss? No. Triss the Chiss, I believe. I believe that that could be entirely possible. It is Luke Skywalker interacting with the Chiss that is, like, helping him actively. Hmm. I don't know. This sounds dumb enough. I'm gonna be opposite of Melms. I'm still gonna say it's Legends. You are correct. It is Legends. Um... (laughs) Here is her appearance, and it's going to make you feel crazy. He, she appeared in a book called The New Jedi Order, Force Heretic, Force Heretic 2 Refugee. And as I look through this, uh, rife with hostile cultures and outright enemies, the unknown regions hold many perils for Luke Skywalker and the Jedi searching for Zonama Sekut, the living planet that may hold the key to dealing with the Yuuzhan Vong once and for all. Meanwhile, on the edge of the galaxy and in the heart of a trusted ally, old enemies are stirring. Uh, the Yuuzhan Vong have inflamed long... F- it's So it's the Yuuzhan Vong War. Um, have inflamed long-forgotten vendettas that are now even building up to a crisis point. And as Han and Leia journey on their quest to knit the unraveling galaxy back together, betrayal and deception await them. Um, there's a lot of shit in here, um, but basically, in the Unknown Regions, Luke Skywalker, Mara Jade Skywalker, Jason Solo, Danny Quee... I don't know who the fuck the rest of these people Daddy. are. <laughs> um, along with some help from... King names. Wait, <laughs> along with some help from the Imperial Remnant. Uh, actually, some of this might be a little... I should brush up on this because I feel like some of this is going to go and come into canon. Um, I've been searching for the living planet Zanama Second. I can't traveling... wait for... I think Palpatine's son's actually named Danny Queer. or whatever. <laughs> Now traveling with the Imperial Xenobiologist Soren Haggerty. Haggerty? Really? Um, the group arrive at the planet Mulali Mafir. Wow, these are some names. Luke, Jason. Oh my god, Jason Sindela moment. No, it's not. It's Jason Solo. And a squad of stormtroopers land on the planet in an Imperial shuttle and are met by a tribe of native Krizlaw. What the oh fuck? God. No, fuck no. legends! <laughs> Oh, Lord. Upon Luke's request, the Krizlaw tell the travelers, uh, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of plot here. However, en route back to the Jade Shadow, a patrol of the Chiss Expansionary Defense Force arrives to meet them. The patrol is led by the female Chiss commander, Irolia, who demanded to quickly meet with Luke. Irolia? Um, they do go to Chila. Uh, Luke Skywalker has gone to Chila. I love uh, that. Good for him. Here's your final one. Scott! was a doctor living during the Cold War. Residing on Makeb, Scott shared his knowledge of investigation with others. Scott the Chiss. Scott? <laughs> Scott. Like spelled like normal Scott? Yep! I fucking hate it. That's Legends. I don't know what his full name is, but it's Scott. I mean, if there's Triss the Chiss... <laughs> yeah, sure, let's just keep going. It's, it's Legends. 
Well, besties, you are correct. It is legend. Scott the Chiss I does hate exist. It here. Timmy, what is that? This article, or actually, this is not Timmy. He appears in Star Wars The Old Republic Rise of the Hut Cartel. So he's oh a video God. game. There Fucking... is a photo of this man. Uh, he's a very small character. Um, Wait, I think I know what image you're talking about. Um, and um, it's an incomplete uh, page, so Wikipedia needs your help. Anybody out there who wants to help fill out the Scott page. Um, Where my this, Scott stands at? This game is the first digital expansion pack to the uh, Star Wars The Old Republic uh, MMO and uh it was released in 2013 so scott is not that old he's my new favorite <laughs> oh scott the chiss <laughs> new favorite ship thirstalmu x scott get scott away from them <laughs> scott is not entering the polycule uh just one damn reigning champ in a surprising turn of events i didn't even try to trick you guys those are all i know oh yeah you're right they're all they were all legends legends they're all true oh my god this is just like when ollie did like is it um battlefront 2 or did i just make it up thank you for coming to our rogue one beyond a galaxy far far away uh we have a regularly scheduled full episode for you next week that will be covering Thrawn Lesser Evil. Uh, it will be full spoilers, so read it. Get into it. We will be dropping some bombs. Um, and I will just say this is not one you want to be spoiled about, so get ready. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would also be really helpful if you left us a review on Podchaser, which is a really cool app to use anyway. And follow us at Rupalps Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We post Star Wars news there. Uh, we answer questions. Come say hi. And may Warrior's Fortune smile on you and don't crip it up. Chocolate. <laughs> not Chocolate. No, not Chocolate. No, get that out of here. Get that out of here.